information does not give you the power to choose. Awareness gives you the power to choose. And awareness is something you need to develop by making a space between where your focus is and where all that commentary is and where all those emotions are. So most people are fully identified with the emotions and the thoughts as who they are. So it's only by creating that space that you can start to have awareness and awareness gives you freedom of choice. And you got to stay with it like, like you're going for the Olympic gold. It, it's, it's, it will take everything to change these neural pathways, but man, you can change them. And once the physical starts to catch up and the old momentum starts to burn off, life becomes so much more easy. Hey, hey, Yogi Triathlete community. What's happening? It's Jess and Beach, and we are here with episode 189. It's our December episode of Ask the YTs. And hell, you guys are curious this month. We've got lots of questions. But I've been liking looking up the meaning of numbers lately. And just so everybody knows that 189, which this episode is, Beach, listen up. It is a message from our guides to have faith and trust that our financial needs will be met while we pursue our divine life purpose. Whoa. I know. Which is crazy because it's 2019. It's not crazy. No, it's not crazy. I know. Can you, like, what? What Why is that still in my freaking vocabulary? (laughs) But we landed here, you know, not that long, like two years ago, but I think it was like December 14th. Three years ago. Three years ago. Man, and 2016. Like, three years ago, we had no idea what we were walking into. Like we had spent a bunch of money and all of that, but I think there was like this, okay, well, we're gonna land and we're gonna um we're gonna start making money. And oh my god, we got so unraveled and it was it was something that we would never ever trade because um I said to Beach the other day, like, there's too many miracles that happen all the time. Like, there's too many miracles not to trust at this point. It's just the universe has our backs, people. The universe has our backs. And I will say that you are not separate from the universe. So when I talk about the universe, I'm talking about your highest self, your B-I-G, capital S, elf. <laughs> Tying it back into the holidays. All right, real quick, Beach, before we jump into questions. Bring it on. What was the coolest moment of 2019? Oh, coolest moment. Has to be. Has to be Santa Cruz. Yeah. 70.3. Why? So much, so much happened uh, for that race. But, you know, leading into the race, I think having challenges physically leading into the race and having the belief that I'd be able to run on race day. Um. I think having people out there on our team, in our uniforms, like racing, actually having like a, a few athletes like be out there was was really cool. Um, how does that make you feel as not only as a well? How does it make you feel as a coach? Makes me feel that I'm on to something. And how does it make you feel as somebody who risked everything to like left a fat, quote unquote, secure paycheck? to live what was sitting in your heart. Well, the mind wants to know like it did the right thing, right? So it wants some signs that, you know, this is this is good. And so this is a sign, this is good. Like think, keep going is what I take from it. And also just don't rest your laurels on having a few athletes at a race. Like we wanna build this community so big that you see these yogis coming down the road, like it's like, watch, watch out. out. <laughs> <laughs> so, Look at Mendocino. <laughs> Mendocino is going to be amazing. We have 10 athletes that are going to be there. It's almost, Ben and I, what is the math? What's 10 of 150? Uh, 15%? No, not 15%. Maybe it's 15%. Ben's really smart. Ben's smart. I mean, he's a big deal. Anyway, we have a lot of athletes <laughs> going to be up on the trail. So watch out for all the yogis coming down with their namastes and um, and their fire elements. They may we even, are going to torch that course. They may just be elevating. Not even touching the ground. Seriously. But no, that was a really, really good moment. And then just to top it all off, I made the podium for the first time in an Ironman event. Best video ever. And I didn't delete it. I have it on my phone still. Right. And it was actually faced at me, not at the ground, at your feet. 
or at me at my <laughs> face which i've done before i'm like yeah beach i got a whole video of me cheering you on <laughs> you can just selfie hear mode. the joy no that's that that was a really i'm really proud of that experience and it just goes to show we have um there's so much more to, to look forward to yeah so and just what, keep doing races where there's good trail running okay there's no <laughs> selfishness there no and hey you know what we all should be self-full mm-hmm as we're drinking our cacao from One World Cacao. <clears throat> so what is, uh, what's your moment or moments? <sighs> yeah, because you know I'm going to have more than one. Uh, and I've got like, I've got two that really stand out. And the first one is standing at, you know, 9,800 feet up in Tahoe on the ridgeline and, and seeing first light and watching the sunrise was such a meaningful experience for me as a human walking this path of the warrior because I was so frightened to be on the trail, not even at night, but during the day. We lived in Boulder for 10 years and I like never got on the trail even though being a trail runner and hiking and those things were always tugging at my heart because I was scared. And I got to the other side of that and I just kept taking steps and steps and steps. And, you know, the first step was signing up for an ultra marathon, which was going to put me on the trails. And that was really my motivator. And that moment was just so magnificent after going the entire night in total peace and joy for being in the woods at night and feeling like it was such an incredible honor to be out there and to have been asked by my friend Lisa to, to be with her for 30 miles as she did her first 100 mile race. I mean, that was just, it was a moment I'll never forget. I actually think I still have the picture on my phone. I didn't delete it. <laughs> Jess, so you guys know, Jess is known for taking throwing, the photo and, throwing things and away. getting rid of it super quick. <laughs> so you got to be on, you got to be quick. If you want to take a photo of you, you got to get that downloaded And if you want it saved, then you need to ask and like you need to do something with it that day. quickly or it's going to get deleted. She's like an Instagram story. <laughs> I am like an Instagram. Yeah. Can, 24 hours. If gone. there's a picture of you on my phone, it might not be there anymore. And then the second coolest moment just because I love the human body and I love how it heals and I love how it like how energy rises up in the form of illness and and injury and um and how amazing that is because all of that is evidence of healing and so i came out of javelina with a super banged up toe it was it was crazy and um, I took care of it and I loved it and I watched it and I get so geeked out on how the body heals. And then one day I could just feel like I put my sock on and I was like, oh, I think the toenail's ready to come off, which is actually not a painful process because when it's ready to come off, it's ready to come off. And when I went, I kind of grabbed the corner of it and I took the toenail off and like the entire top of my whole toe came off too. It was like a degloving, like I was like a snake and it was just shedding the skin. And from like, a, so anybody who's out there, who's like an anatomical geek, like it was so, so cool to peel this whole basically like sheath off which is essentially what we're doing when we're walking this path is we're just pulling that sheath off so that we can really get raw and um and live it it you know with new layers and new levels so those are my two awesome cool points of 2019 and i had a lot i had an amazing race season this year uh success all over the place so uh and i am gonna take that momentum into 2020 Okay, what else is going on? We have two bedrooms, like two beds left basically for training camp. Um, so we are pretty much full and it is a really cool group. We've got awesome things planned. You guys are seeing the stories, you're seeing the posts. It's, I mean, I don't need to uh, preach to the choir here. It's gonna be epic. If it's on your heart, act. Get out here in February. The weather has been gorgeous. It's chilly in the morning. If you are coming to camp, we're gonna be doing some videos in our camp page leading up to it, um, You know, just to let you guys know about weather and things like that. It is chilly in the morning. I mean, it's not New England chilly, but it's chilly, San Diego chilly. And then the afternoon is just... It's perfection. It is perfection. I ran in, I just, you know, a tank top and a skirt today, and it was amazing. I just rode along the coast, and it was 
beautiful. Like, the, the ride you're probably going to take. The ride we'll probably on. do, yeah, yeah, down at Torrey Pines and back. Yeah. One of the rides. And then uh, for those of you that don't know, I am hosting a yoga retreat in Costa Rica in May, and we have one spot available for that. And this is a total steal. So it's at the Blue Spirit uh, Retreat Center in Nosara, Costa Rica, which is a blue zone. It is me and two other amazing teachers. We all work with the same meditation teacher. We've all been trained by the same yoga teachers. So the messaging is consistent and then authentic to our own voices. And the room that we have left, that we have like this cool jungle hut. It's like a platform tent in the jungle. And it's like $1,500, I think it's like $1,575 for the week, including the retreat, including all of your meals, including everything that's amazing about Blue Spirit, like their saltwater infinity pool and um, private beaches and all of that. So um, you can check out more about that on my private Instagram, my private Instagram page, my it's personal Instagram page. Secret. There's nothing about me that's private. You want to know something? I'll tell you. If you're just as friend on Instagram, consider yourself... No, it's Inclusive. not private. I'm I'm <laughs> wide open. Screw it. I was so closed and locked up and, you know, not vulnerable for so many years. I'm wide open now. So, um, yeah, you can check that out. At, um, I've got some pictures up there at uh, Jessica Mkowski. Or you can go to Awake Minds. Google Awake Minds Costa Rica Retreat and you can check that out. It's going to be awesome. So, should we jump into questions? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. You've, we've okay. got one from last week. Yeah. Or last, no, last month, last month that we yeah. didn't get to because the question came in after we had already recorded. And this one is from Kat. What's up, Kat? I want to know everything there is to learn about neutrality and passion. Also, what's the role of curiosity in developing neutrality? So I feel like I've been dominating the mic. For you, neutrality, I always like to get your perspective on this because... You're, you're working on this stuff, too. Yeah, I'm too. still working on it. Neutrality. So neutrality, I would say, is is hearing something or listening to something or seeing something that may cause a uh, elevated jolt or charge in your body. And your initial reaction is what your default response is, what you've built over time. And so being neutral... So being able to stand up in that moment or be able to see the space before you respond and react in a way that is not your default, basically. Mm. So in a way that's going to, if neutrality is your goal. if Which it should be. <laughs> I guess we shouldn't say should, but it's what I'm aiming for. It's what I'm aiming for. Let's just use me. I know I want to be neutral. Um because I, I feel like there's more calm and there's more power in neutrality. Oh I, my God, so much calm and power. When you see, when you get the highs and the lows, and, I, and I've been there, you know, like you get yourself super amped for a race, you get, you know, you're rocking out to music and you're drinking Red Bull and you go to the race and you crush it and everything's good and then you go to the next race and that doesn't happen and things... Or you fall. wake up the next day and you're like, uh, crashing off the other side of that high. Yeah, immediately. Mm -hmm. So that's the extremes and living in the extremes, it's a dangerous place to be um, from my experience. So yeah, I feel like neutrality, just hanging in that area where it doesn't matter what comes across. It doesn't matter what comment comes from your family member. It doesn't matter what feedback you get from your watch. It doesn't matter what, what the, uh, the person on the road in front of you does uh, today. We got beeped at because we were going too slow. I'm <laughs> the, always off, getting beeped at lately. Line. So not like you feel the charge, but not responding to it. And when you when you have that power to not respond and or to respond in a way that's loving and compassionate, then you're building that that neutrality muscle. It doesn't matter what happens. You're not your behavior is not dictated by someone else. Your behavior you're dictating your behavior. You're bringing, you're gaining that power back, that that confidence, that uh, self-regulation we talk about. Like being able to self-regulate yourself takes time, but once you exercise that muscle over and over again, wow! Like it's truly eye-opening. It, it really, it really begs the question: like, who am I now? Like, who am I? This person that's not even getting a charge from a comment my mother or father said or sibling like yeah it's interesting when you get to that point because then you start to really feel the power and the success and and um your ability to deliberately create your life and that's that's a place where 
a lot of people will never live or experience. But I remember when that started to come in for me and I was just like, whoa, like it's really scary because it's very unknown and nobody really knows how to teach you how to be there unless you're working with somebody who's who's living this. But what you're describing so beautifully, BJ, is like at first you've got to at first, the first step is like the awareness. Notice. The notice. And but the but awareness does nothing because awareness is just awareness. Awareness is just watching. So you have to take action from awareness. And so what you're talking about is breaking the cycle that you see that you don't want anymore. So and choosing in the opposite direction or the direction of where you want to go. Neutrality, we could also say mastery. And what happens over time is the more you choose that direction, the more you choose that direction, the more you choose that direction, which is essentially self-regulation, not moving from reaction, not moving from places of emotional explosion, that whatever that is that you're choosing, if it's calm, if you're choosing love, those become now your automatic reactions. And then you don't always have to, you're just all, you're always aware, but you're aware now that like, wow, now I have no charge. Because if those charges don't get fed, they will fall away from your life. And what people need to understand is when you start walking on this path and you're meditating, because that's a non-negotiable for this path. You have got, if you want to up-level your life, if you want to be the best athlete you can be, the, it's going to come so much easier through a meditation practice because the meditation is going to give you a heightened awareness like nothing else. And so, um, so what happens is over time, you don't get that charge anymore because you haven't been choosing the charge. So when we're living not aware, we're living really from the social conditioning, which is very much an old world view. Those of us that are like in our 40s are coming from grandparents who were in the depression. So there's a lot of lack in our DNA. There's a lot of survival mode. There's a lot of fear of not having enough. And um, so we've got things in our DNA. We've got a lot of conditioning. And so awareness is the first step in choosing away from what we don't want anymore. And then eventually that becomes your norm. And when I say that becomes your norm, what I'm talking about is you actually, sustainable change happens on a cellular level. So your cells are like little batteries, positive charges, negative charges, and so they all resonate at a frequency. And if your frequency is fear, then you're resonating from fear, right? It's like why Daniel was able to go into the lion's den and not get eaten by the lions, right? I think that's like a story in the Bible because he had no fear or violence in his cells. He was not emitting that energy. And so neutrality in and of itself really is a state of being that you get over time for practicing it. And there's nothing neutral about the way that um, our society runs. It's good, bad, right, wrong, black, white, um, better than, less than, you know, too much, not enough, and uh, rich, poor. That's why this way of living our life is not understood by the masses. It's, um, but it's understood by many who are walking it. So neutrality in and of itself really is, becomes a state of being. And in that neutrality, you have so much power because you've got the power to choose. And without the awareness, you don't have the power to choose, right? Information, the information does not give you the power to choose. Awareness gives you the power to choose. And awareness is something you need to develop by making a space between where your focus is and where all that commentary is and where all those emotions are. So most people are fully identified with the emotions and the thoughts as who they are. So it's only by creating that space that you can start to have awareness and awareness gives you freedom of choice. And you gotta stay with it like, like you're going for the Olympic gold. It, it's, it's, it will take everything to change these neural pathways, but man, you can change them. And once the physical starts to catch up and the old momentum starts to burn off, life becomes so much more easy. And the great thing about practicing it and being aware of it is that there's, 
example after example throughout your day to practice this. Yeah. Every Everything that you do from brushing your teeth to leaving the door to driving your car to people at work, uh, getting home, making food, like all those experiences are opportunities, all opportunities to practice this. Yeah. And so it's all about how you feel. Okay. So understanding when you want to shift is all based on how you feel. So for example, somebody did beep at us today. I was driving, but I didn't have a charge, but I used to have a charge, but I know that I'm not, even though that was coming at me, that's not that was showing me that whatever that was in the past is now healed. That's not a part of my cellular makeup anymore. So it's really based on how you feel. If something is charging you up, that is your reference point to look at that and say, hey, do I want more of that in my life or not? And so where does passion come in? You know, neutrality uh, for me and passion are... Uh, they don't cancel each other out. I'm very passionate about uh, meditation. I'm very passionate about self-love. I'm very passionate about eating beautiful, high vibrational food and very passionate about everybody having the ability to have more vibrancy and joy in their life right freaking now. I'm very passionate about these things. But what used to charge me up and waste my freaking energy does not charge me up anymore. So neutrality does not cancel out passion at all. Um, and then there was one. Oh, curiosity. Yeah, I mean, curiosity is the cornerstone. Get curious about everything you do. Every word you speak, every action you take, uh, every thought you indulge. Get curious about it. And getting curious is, I had this vision in my mind, like you're in a meeting at work and the boss is, you have a meeting and the boss says something and you're like, well, why? Well, why? Like that, that to me is, is going a little bit overboard. Like getting curious means, okay, think about what they said. Take that home. Get curious about it. Get curious about what got charged up in you. Get curious about how your day, like how you navigated your day before that happened, as it happened, and then what happened after. Like get curious about the flow of how you're moving in reaction to what is creating this rise in you. So get curious about how you are reacting to this stuff. And even, even to the point of going into your meditation, like bringing this into your meditation and getting curious about why, after you've calmed yourself, like what is this bringing up? Like how... How have I, how can I shift my awareness of my response from whatever they said to a place of understanding or compassion? Yeah, I think curiosity breeds awareness. Question everything, yeah. especially in the beginning. Question everything. And que yeah, question everything, question everyone, but none more so than yourself. Okay, one question that came in from uh, Vegan Powered Athlete, Daniel, has Beej, there was a lot of E's in there, Beej, <laughs> he must know you personally, signed up for St. George yet? So it sounds like he's calling you out to go to yeah. Ironman St. George. Whoa. Probably not happening. Anything's possible. <laughs> Are you not feeling, <laughs> you're just, just not feeling I'm just it? not feeling that. You know, Mendocino is, is in April and I really want to get I really want to get uh, primed for that, get my running, uh, trail running volume in, and then shift gears quickly over to a 70.3 and get my spot for New Zealand. And then, um, and then assess at that point what's next. It well, just, it Tremblant. just so happens that in Tremblant, right, yeah. in August. But to do a full Ironman in May at this point, doesn't align well with the schedule, but you never know. You just don't know. Like I've jumped into Ironmans before and, and, and had good races. So we'll see. But as of right now, it just doesn't align. What does align is St. George in 2021 for 70.3 worlds. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be cool. I'm going to spend some more time there that, and I think that has good trail running. So I approve. All right. So we can do Wonderful. it. Okay. Now we got more questions. All right, let's start with... Curious crew today. I yeah. love it. Keep the curiosity going. <laughs> Thank you for the uh, jumping off point, Kat. Let's, let's, well, let's just go in order. Start with Bill. All right, Bill. Bill. 
Bill is an awesome team Yogi Trophy oh, member. He's on a mission. Oh my God, Bill, you're crushing it. You know what I'm talking about. So he wants to know, talk to me about making peace with the treadmill. I can ride my bike on a trainer without going crazy, but the treadmill is much more challenging for me. Help. Uh, right away, I'm thinking, you know, riding on the trainer, you're, you're, so, you're selective. You're selective with that will and drive right now. So the drive that you have to be on the trainer, the bike trainer, is the same thing that you need to do on the treadmill. So at one point, there was a point at one time you were probably a little bit hesitant. It doesn't matter the magnitude. You're probably a little hesitant to get on the trainer and ride the trainer. Now it's second nature. Now your associate, your relationship with it is super strong. So the same thing with the with the treadmill. So in this in this experience, I don't know what your relationship is with it. I know you've you've done a few treadmill runs, but you Does can he have the Mendo Maker yet? He hasn't had the Mendo Maker. Oh, no. Bill, that's gonna change everything, <laughs> my friend. You're gonna love the Mendo Maker because he's doing Mendo. He's doing Mendo, yeah. Perfect. So yeah, the treadmill is gonna be is gonna be. Um, it's super important for that, especially where you live in in, uh, in Florida. So here's here's the thing with the treadmill. What is your current relationship with it? So if it's a negative negative feeling, like a dread, then why is it a negative feeling and in, in, in a dreadful um, experience? Is it because at one time you were told to do like two hours on the treadmill or an hour and a half on the treadmill? And I mentioned that because that's usually what I come up against when people don't want to ride on the treadmill because they run at a steady pace for a long period of time. What we can do is get into the specificity and the high, the high quality stuff on the treadmill where you can do a 45 minute run or an hour run with super high quality um, efforts where you're turning over the legs, you're adding incline to mimic mountains and you're, you're, getting, it, you're getting the quality in so that you don't have to run, technically, you don't have to run two or three hours on the treadmill. Like you can run that stuff outside. The treadmill is great for the really specific stuff to up your game and the ability, right? This is, this is good too. The ability to watch the mind, right? Remove, I don't know if you're on the treadmill watching a movie or listening to music, but I recommend stripping that stuff away. Get on the treadmill and be with yourself. Listen to your breath. What comes up? What are the challenges? Like that's the work. You don't be surprised if you do that session, like a 45 minute session on the treadmill, super quality, no music no video, and you get off the treadmill and your mind's fatigued. Your mind may be fatigued because you've just worked it. You've just focused and concentrated for 45 minutes. Yeah, I love it. I used to have a similar story, um, which really, Bill, it's just a story. It's just a belief that's been practiced. You had thoughts about not liking the treadmill and they got practiced and um, therefore reinforced and then they became a belief. And I used to have those too. And then when we were living in New England in our final winter or the last two winters, BJ brought a treadmill into the house because I was kind of like over, um, like I knew I was tough. I didn't need to run outside at five in the morning, you know, with icy streets. Like I was kind of over that. And so BJ brought this treadmill home. And because of that, I just had this great gratitude that I could run inside without... Um, you know, two pairs of pants, four shirts, a jacket, a balaclava, a hat, and two pairs of gloves. I was just really grateful. So that I was, I was, um, I, I could say lucky, but there's no luck in this life. Um, that switch came really quick for me. And then at that point, BJ was coaching me and he gave me great workouts, like interesting workouts where I wasn't just on the treadmill running. So, and at this point, I was already, you know, meditating and getting curious about everything. And I was like, yeah, this story about not liking the treadmill, there was another part of the story, which was that every time I get on the treadmill, I get hurt, which was like the stupidest belief ever and so unhelpful. And I got really curious about that and I ended up loving the treadmill and I still love the treadmill. And the treadmill is a place where I will use music. Um, especially for like uh, the Mendo maker. Like I like, I, I don't know, it's, I enjoy it. I let go of that hard line of being like, no music ever. And um, so I, I, you know, there's the physical things that you can, like all that stuff that BJ described, amazing, such good advice. And then of course, I'm always going to come at it from the mind standpoint. It's just a belief and you can change it. Like Bill, you're so powerful. You are, I see you doing incredible work. Uh, and so... Beach, 
throw him some bones, like give him some really good, fun treadmill workouts. Because really, you guys, sometimes we got to get the mind on board. It's not always about making it as hard as possible to change a belief that doesn't serve us. We can throw the mind a bone. We can give it a really fun workout. We can do some cool things. And then, then all of a sudden, it, we have more evidence in our life that the treadmill's not so bad. No, it's actually a great tool. I don't know if it's because, you know, you know, work is crazy and you don't have time to get outside, like to, to go run a route, or maybe you live in the city and it's tough to run at certain times, or you, you work a long day job and you just don't have time to get to the gym, whatever the conditions are or weather, like we talked about, the treadmill is such a great thing. If you own one, it's such a great thing to get, to get that excuse out that you can't get the workout in. Oh yeah. And for Mendocino, Bill, this is going to be key for you. Um, because you're going to be, you're going to be climbing, you know, I think there's 5,000 feet of climbing. Um, and, uh, we had a friend who actually, I don't mean that like in discouragement, we had a friend who had trained in Brooklyn, like, you know, the first time she wore trail shoes or was on the trail was when we took our first steps on the Mendocino course and she did great. <laughs> so, um, but Beach is going to set you up for mass success and that treadmill, I think is going to be a big part of it. So I would begin to create some gratitude around how that treadmill is going to assist you in crushing your first ultra marathon in April. Boom. Okay. Like it. All, All right, right. Next one. Cat's back. Cat. I love it. Cat, keep coming, baby. Keep coming. Uh, I'm getting ready to start training for a marathon, but I'm nursing a lower leg injury. How do you know when it's time to start running again? I've worked through this myself. I've worked <laughs> through this with plenty of athletes throughout the season. It really starts with having the again self-regulation that walking is okay right you go out and walk and you, you make the commitment to start walking not letting the mind jump in and say well this is i'm not really getting fit i i've run faster paces than this before and all these stories will come up but if you just embrace that you're that you're i guess it goes back to the gratitude like being grateful that you can actually move the body start to walk you know a simple program is walk every day for a week you know start with 10 minutes and then 15 and then build up what about um tommy tommy rives like oh right yeah he walked for two years yeah. and had a 15 minute pr in his marathon walk, but he walked <laughs> he walked almost 15. i mean he walked a lot yeah. but i mean it's it's gentle 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 and we know cat can crush it yeah i mean um well then you well yeah and the walking is super low impact, super low impact on the body. And then you start adding in the run walk. So you walk for four minutes and you run for 30 seconds. Um, and that's just a guide. This is not for everyone. It's not the same setup. Like sometimes you go out for a walk, you know, you've been walking for two weeks and you start to try to test to see what the leg's like and it's not feeling right. You don't run for 30 seconds. You just walk, so you continue to walk. And you continue to walk until you get to the point where you can jog for 15 to 30 seconds and then you walk and you keep repeating that. And then every day you go out, you just start increasing things slowly. So you get to a point where you're finally walking for two minutes, running for two minutes or walking for three minutes, running for three minutes. So you get that 50-50 balance. And then even when you get to the point where you're running, you start your workouts and you just warm up super long by walking. Then you get to the run and then you cool down by walking. So walking is, is, a, is a real benefit to those coming back from an injury. And it, I like to have our athletes, when they walk, focus on form, like feel that core, right? Stand up tall. How do, how do your feet feel when they hit the pavement? Where are your arms? Are you swinging your legs forward? Engage that lower abdominal area, like not sinking into the lower back. See if this is an opportunity for you to, to really uh, discover your body and how it moves. And we yeah. talked to Lawrence. Yeah, that Lawrence? reminds me yeah. back of like Lawrence Lawrence's. When um, he was injured, yeah, he would walk the beach. Yeah, walk the beach, and he just started to notice like, oh, that's interesting. This is happening with this, and so he would go back home and look it up. What muscle is this on the bottom of the foot that I feel, and what is this in the glute area? And he got curious about it. So it's a process of of self-regulation, right? Being okay and confident that taking a few steps back is okay for now. Yeah, which is, you know, for endurance athletes and especially accomplished endurance athletes like you, Kat, 
um, holding back is the uh, is is I think the big challenge. And as far as like the injury healing, you know, as a massage therapist for a long time, people would always ask me, well, how do I know when it's okay? How do I know when, you know, my foot is healed? How do I know when my hip is healed? And my answer is always the same when you, when you're not thinking about it anymore. When you don't think about it anymore. Like since I've been working with Dave Pachkowski, like I, I used to think about my left foot, even though I was managing it and I was still able to run and everything, I would think about it every time. I, like I would come back from a run and I would get out of the car and I'd be like, oh, how is it going to feel, you know, after pounding it for hours? And now I just get out of the car and I walk away. And, I'm, and sometimes I'll catch myself like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is my new norm. So it's almost like the neutrality, right? Like you stop thinking about it. You start getting, you stop getting the charge. Um, so that's when you know when it's fully healed is you really stop thinking about it. Um, everything in the body, illness, injury, disease, is all energy that is moving. So pay attention to when it crops up or if you're feeling it or if you're thinking about it, how does it make you feel? Because the feeling is the emotion that's been trapped in there. So now you start using your mindset tools and your mindset training to heal that. So you heal it on an energetic level. Of course, you pay attention to the body. You've got to tend to the body, but you do that with neutrality, not with fear, not with panic, not with, oh my God, I only have eight more weeks till the marathon. You keep moving forward. You keep moving forward. You keep momentum moving in the direction that you want to go. That's so, so good. The momentum, but also attachment. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to train for a marathon. When is that marathon? It could be if you signed already up for a marathon, like do exactly what Jess is mentioning, like just take it step by step. But if you don't have an actual race, but you're training for a marathon, even better, because now you don't have that pressure. You, your body will recover and you'll run when you're, when you're ready to run and the race will be there when you're ready to race. So it's, it's being confident in yourself that when the time is right, it will show up and being okay if you've already signed up for a race and you approach that date and you're only running 10, 12 miles, that's a great place to be. That's an awesome place to be. Can you still arrive at the marathon knowing that you may just have to walk half the marathon? Or you might crush it. Or you might crush Can it. Can you take that right. risk to be amazing that day? <laughs> so there's both sides to this. So treat everything with neutrality because it can be an amazing experience. It can, it, it's just set up there for you. It's, 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 it's a platter served there for you. Yeah. Here's your experience. Are you going to pursue it no matter what the outcome? And every single thing that happens along the way is for you. The universe has your back. The universe has your back and, um, set yourself up into the feeling of great success in what you want. You guys, we have the right to focus on what we want in this life and how that feels. Remember, the feeling is the creation. The time frame will take care of itself. Okay. All right. Ergo. Question from my brother. What are your favorite core strengthening exercises? You go. So mine right now is, um, and we happen to do a video, a little uh, Instagram story competition where people voted who wore it better. BJ got crushed, but then it was like 100% votes for me. But then in the end, a couple people came in and voted for you, Beige, so it wasn't a total landslide. I think there was some pity in there. <laughs> are those your like, like fake accounts. Yeah. <laughs> I felt bad. You know, it was really interesting. Like you were like, I'm getting crushed. Everybody's voting for you. And I felt really bad. I was like, oh my God, somebody's going to vote for BJ. Like I'm going to vote for BJ. And then I was like, no, I got to just let this play out. Let BJ has his experience and notice how you feel. You want to save him. Like it doesn't matter. It's a freaking Instagram story. Like vote who did it better, right? Like right. whatever. We're just creating Of course I knew I was going to win. I was like, they know who to vote for. No, all kidding aside, what I love are these exercises, which is essentially on your back. They're like dead bug. And why don't we just put, we'll put up another, we'll put up a couple stories, like over the next couple of days, Mike, and I'll tag you in them. 
Um, so we'll launch this on Monday. So we'll do, you know, maybe a story on Monday or Tuesday. I'll show you my two favorites right now. And one of them is on my back with my arms and my legs straight up in the air. And then, you know, drop the left leg down straight and the right arm back and then bring it back up and then the right leg and the left arm. And then the other one is where I'm on all fours in tabletop and I lift the knee just a tiny bit off the ground enough to clear it. And without leveling off my hip so my hips are level without lifting a hip I draw little circles with the knee oh my god it's my favorite it's super deep core exercise and I do it in both directions so those are my two favorites and we'll do some stories and we'll tag you in the mic what about you beach mine right now I can can, mine right now is the uh, hollow hold so on your back and you lift up your legs and you flex you point your toes you lift them up to a 45 degree angle so you're reaching out and you're, you're, you're uh, engaging your quads. And then you're lifting up your head and your upper back and you're reaching your hands towards your toes and you're, you're straining your arms and hands. So you're reaching. So everything is tensed up and your lower back is on the mat. So it's sort of like a banana, I guess you could say. And I've never felt so engaged than I do from these exercises. And I want to stress that I've done core exercises year after year, like, you know, the wood chop and crunches and all the active ones, but I've never felt so solid, like a sheet of solid core than I have with the, the holds and the plank. We love the plank. You the, love the plank. The forearm plank and then sidearm plank. And actually the past two years in January, we've done the plank challenge where we are you challenging mike to the plank yeah here challenge? you go mike here's the challenge <laughs> for the month of january <laughs> month of january you can do a forearm plank for the amount of time that matches the date so january 1st one minute of planking january 2nd two minutes of planking january 3rd three minutes of planking now you don't have to do three minutes all at once because you're going to get up to 31 minutes and that's if you can get all up to that all at once, that's pretty incredible. So you can break it up, but the whole point is to accumulate that whole time for that day. So on January 31st, you do 31 minutes total of planking. Which is, you're like, oh, that's awesome. That's such a cool challenge. But the day before you did 30, and the day before you did 29, right. or and the day before you, you skipped did a day and you got to make up for oh my the God, day, now and you're, you're doing, doing like 50 <laughs> minutes of planking, which it happened. It happened. Oh my God. We were doing that. I was like, oh my God, I didn't do yesterday. We're doing it's it in like a parking lot. 13 yeah. minutes yesterday. And now today's the 14th and you're doing like a half an hour of planking and it's not even the 30th. So, um, yeah. So we, we challenge anyone who's drooling over this conversation to do that in January. I think we're going to do that again. I know we're going to do that again. Great. Thanks, yeah. Mike. Okay. <laughs> All right. Mel, Melissa Yuri. Yeah, Mel. Uh, what are your plans for 2020? And what do you want to achieve next year? Oh, Mel, I love you. I mean, this is the girl that did Uberman. <laughs> but I understand that goals are relative. So mine are big, too. What are your goals, BJ? My goals to qualify for Kona, always and to qualify for 70.3 worlds. Awesome. Boom. Okay. Yeah. Those are solid. It's pretty simple. Okay. Yours? Mine is to crush my first 100 mile. And now anybody who's listening to this who's done 100 mile is like, yeah, she's like crushing, like that girl's gonna get it handed to her. Crushing, what I mean by that is I want to experience 100 miles on my feet in the forest like a master so when i say crush it's being the same in pleasure and pain it's mastery it's neutrality it's um gratitude it's contentment in all things it's it's really these tenets of yoga that i live um the yamas and the niyamas and um and connection deep connection and trust um, with the experience and everything leading up to it. So that's what I mean by crush is that the whole experience holding in a mindset that is masterful and mastery, you guys, is an, is a moment to moment practice. That's what it is. And so that's, that's that. And then I want to PR at Mendocino 
which I think is going to be super fun because... Is this your fourth year? It's my fourth year doing it. I've gotten faster every year. And last year, I was uh, a week out from Lake Sonoma 50. And it was I was so unattached because I was just like, oh, this is going to just be a victory lap. But then I was like, no, I want to see if I can PR, you know? And so I kind of went for it from the start. And so I guess I'll be doing that again. Yes, and you will be. Yeah. And so I do like back to to Kat about the neutrality and the passion, like I'm going to be super competitive with myself because I do not like to not achieve my goals. That is not something that um, it's not something I experience often. Um can't remember what I haven't. I mean, it's like, well, and Mel can, Mel can, ex it can relate to this because like when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And, um, so it's, yeah, we'll see what the, what, um, what my highest good is for that day and what the experience, how the experience will play out. But I would like to PR at Mendocino. And then, um, another thing that I have dabbled in for years, but never been consistent with is one day a week I want to incorporate that longer meditation into my life. So that might even just be an hour uh, or 90 minutes, but I do 45 minutes a day and it's I more, more. It's like calling me like more, more, more because I feel like I get to that 45 minutes and then I get like pulled out. So it'll be interesting because we live in a studio and so it's going to be interesting for, I think that's going to be a big challenge of mine to get that longer meditation in every week. But uh, I want to get that into my bones. And um, so that'll be a goal of mine that I will work on um, moment to moment. Yeah. Love it. That's it. Okay, final question. Well, I awesome, want to know what Melissa is up to. So she's got to. Yeah, Mel. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got to. You've got to write us back because curious to see how how you navigate twenty twenty. And I love hearing from you, and I love how much your story is getting out there, Mel. Amazing, and thanks for including the Yogi Triathlete podcast um, in your post recently. Uh, we appreciate that. You know, we're on a mission to create a better world, you guys, and you are all a part of it. Okay, final question from Lori. Lori, she has lost 20 pounds and she is on her way to being one of those super fit athletes. I love it. Um, she, this girl's doing the work. Uh, I've been doing some really on point strength training that has made me so strong and a durable athlete. Her times are dropping dramatically. My all day long, long running pace is nearly faster than what my race pace was. And it's all happened since September. So many in my circle have noted that I'm driven. This was a huge compliment and I realized it's true. Once I realize something, I go for it and it doesn't make any sense for me to do anything different. I get you, girl. It sounds like Mel. Yeah. The question is, all this goodness and strength of all types is good, but my fear to race has grown exponentially. What if I race and I'm not faster? which seems like an impossibility, but what if I find another way to subconsciously sabotage myself? How do I let go of the self-sabotage for good? I got the feedback from someone in my circle that I didn't realize the weight gain because it was my way of self to self-sabotage. On the face of it, I was doing all I could, but at that weight, I wasn't going to reach my potential. Thanks, as always, for reading and your advice. Um, I mean... How do you let go of the self-sabotage for good? Get out there and race, girl, and trust that whatever that experience is, is the exact one that you need to reflect on, to grow from, and to do the work from. So there's, a, there's some things in here that I see. One big one is trust. Um, and one big one is attachment which um, BJ, you said it really well when we were reviewing this question before. So I'll just, I don't want to yeah, take your words. Well, the attachment to that you're doing all this work, the physical, the mental, you're doing it all so that you have better race results. And when you don't have better race results, things start to tumble down. So there's the attachment, your attachment to the results. I'm not saying don't shoot for goals and to achieve what you want to achieve and, and be fast and strong and durable. 
what I'm, what I see in this is getting to the the root of: Are you doing this because you enjoy the process? Do you enjoy getting fit? Do you enjoy getting durable? Do you enjoy preparing yourself for battle? Basically, getting your mind strong and clear, and getting your body fit and ready to race. And even if the race doesn't happen, that you can find joy in the experience that brought you to this point. Are you a better human? Are you a better person? Are you better Lori? Are you are you are you a better Lori to your community because you've done this stuff? That's where that's where I fear like uh, or I feel that that fear um, is coming up for you because the fear is just the doubt. the The fear is what if I don't achieve? What if I don't? Um, I've put all this work in, what if it doesn't show on race day? And that is where a lot of people, a lot of athletes live. They live in that space. And I'm speaking firsthand because I lived in that space. I was in that space. If I don't have a great race, if I don't have a serious face coming down the finisher shoot, if I'm not almost angry at, at, at the world, then I have failed. And what that did is when, when the attachment to those races, especially Ironman, when you put all this work in, when you don't achieve those results, who are you, right? Who are you? What, what, have you, what have you worked for? So what does it feel like to be fit? What does it feel like to be strong? Can you navigate this world without racing just from being a strong example to yourself that you can achieve anything? Can you stand on that alone? Well, and it's, the mind is really tricky. The mind is really, really tricky. And have you considered that the fear itself is your self-sabotage? Because that fear is keeping you from racing, right? The mind Absolutely. is very, very tricky. So, Lori, I think it's time for the Bhagavad Gita. We'll put a link in the notes. And because this will teach you about doing the work for the sake of the work, not for the fruits of the work. Follow what your heart says and make yourself the fittest athlete you can possibly make yourself, but you are not entitled to the fruits of those actions. That is not your guarantee. And that's what the Gita will teach you because that is attachment and those who are attached to the fruits of their actions will forever live in suffering. So fear is suffering. There's attachment there. And so as human beings who are hardwired for comfort and safety, living in fear is not comfort and safety. It's so funny how this all works. It's really like we're gerbils on a wheel. So we have to get above it so that we can see it. And I really uh, recommend that you get curious about this message from the Bhagavad Gita which is doing the work for the sake of the work and not for the fruits. Align yourself with the fittest athlete that you can be and trust that those results will equal your vibrational alignment. And that this is the very, very, very reason. Now, I don't want to take anything away from Lori because I know Lori, I know her and I know she's doing the work, like big time doing the work. But this is the very, very reason why we can't just do the physical training because we have to get the vibrational alignment. We have to get the change on a cellular level, vibrationally, like where we are resonating. Because if we are fearful that we are not gonna have the results that we want, that is exactly what we're gonna get. And it's, and it's going good right now because you're getting feedback from people saying like, yeah, you're looking better, you, you, you look stronger, your times are dropping as of this point, right? Your times are dropping, so you're getting this great positive feedback. So that's, that's important, that's good, that's good stuff. But, you, but attaching to that, attaching to that is gonna say, well, I should based on that. Well, and the ego is gonna put pressure well, because that, yeah. now the ego, the ego knows that people are watching, which the ego loves. Because it's like, oh yeah, they're noticing like, okay, that helps me. But then the ego is going to turn around and come in the back door and it's going to show up as pressure. Like what if I don't do what these people think I can do? 
All right. So this is this whole thing is the your physical is taken care of. You're doing the physical work. This is all mental opportunity for Absolutely. you. This is all mindset greatness right here. I love it. This is it. You this is it, Glory. This is how you become the fittest, fattest, fastest athlete. You've done the physical work. Keep doing the physical work. Now, Keep doing that. This is where the rubber hits the road, yeah. my friend. This is the mindset piece right here. And you've got the keys to the kingdom. You're doing the work and this is a part of the process. So we got to do stuff that makes us scared. We have to take risks. We have to be on the edge. If we are not on the edge, we are staying safe and small. And if we are staying safe and small, then we, were, we are living under the direction of the ego. This is so exciting. You guys rock. Yeah. Amazing. That was a really good in-depth question. And I think it addresses a lot of things that athletes come to. Yeah. Right? Because she's seen, just one last thing, she's seen her all-day pace be almost like her race pace. But why can't why can't she go faster? Right. So it leaves that potential for even more. Well, so. it's so funny, too, because there's so much evidence that she is faster. Right. So how much, so what we would say. <laughs> but there's I, a lot of momentum in the other, yeah. of what she doesn't want that's still burning off. But we think the universe to a point is, is grabbing you by the shoulders and shaking you and be like, how much, how much do I need right. to show you? Like, are you going to listen? Like, listen to me. Like, yeah. Like people fast. are, people might be listening to this being like, oh, I feel so bad for you. You've totally transformed <laughs> your body and your paces like in three months. Oh, I feel so bad for you. But it's all relative, right? It's all relative. Absolutely, yep. And this is it. You want to up level. You want to be the fittest. I mean, this is this is what it takes. And this is the piece that stops so many athletes because they don't they don't really know how to really train the mind. And Lori, you're involved in M21. You're heavily involved in the yogi triathlete community. You've got the tools, and um, you are finding your way. And this is all a part of it. This is. This you is where can't the, stop now. This is the, where the rubber meets the pavement. Yep. The fear. That's you feel it. resistance. You feel fear. It's just remnants of your old human self. And I was thinking about that That's the other all. day because, you know, our teacher uses that. Well, he did use that a lot with us, like in 2017 and 2018, when we were just like, oh, my God, this is the scariest thing. And he was like, this is where the rubber hits the road. He would say that all the time. This is where the rubber hits the road. Like, this is where you have to show up. Like, this is the edge. You've got to show up. And. And I was thinking about it the other day because I, obviously we use it a lot. And I was thinking like, yeah, hell yeah. Where the rubber hits the road, I'm going to fucking peel out. Like I am going to lay some rubber down like nobody has ever seen. And it's like, yes, like that's where the rubber hits the road. And you've got the tools and this is where the change occurs. Now, if only that guy who had beeped at us behind us knew that you could floor it and rip out <laughs> yeah, I know. in a little Oh Honda my God, bed. he's so lucky. He <laughs> ran. He did that to 2019 Jess and not 1992 Jess when I had my Camaro because I would have taken him down. Um, so anyway, you guys, this is, a, this is just incredible work that you're all doing. If you are tuning in on this podcast and you never say a word and you're just back there and you're listening, you're doing the work. Like there is an alignment here and you are hearing this. This is leading edge. Like this is the stuff we talk about on this show is beyond what material science has already proven, right? We are talking about deliberately creating your life. And if we are waiting around for the material science, now thank goodness, Material scientists have proved a lot of the effects of meditation and mindset training around mindfulness and paying attention. We have over 5,000 studies that are showing the benefits. But if we are waiting around for more research, we are like 2,000 years behind what BJ and I are talking about and what we are being taught by our teacher. So if this resonates with you, if this is coming through your earbuds, you guys, you are, you are, you are the 1%. Like, this is it. We are creating a better world and it's an inside job. It always, always has been. And um, something that came to me today really, really strong is um, doing a retreat, um, doing a retreat that's heavy meditation and yoga for athletes so that we can bring in all sports, 
right? So we can bring in the snowboarders, we could bring in the climbers, we could we could bring, and I wanna know if you guys think that that sounds cool. Like we do, I don't know, maybe it's like a three day or four day, just like intensive where we're just, we're diving in deep to the mindset training with lots of free time for processing, for you to go out and do your sport, whatever it may be. What do you think about that, Beach? I like it, yeah. I love you. I love Thank you. Thank you for being on this journey with me. This has been an, an amazing year. And uh, I am so incredibly grateful that I get to walk this one with you.